and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are glad you've joined us for today's episode where we will be talking about Netflix hit series, The Boys. Uh, but I'm also glad that I am joined by Caleb today. How's it going, Caleb? I'm doing great. How are you today, Mark? I am excellent, man. I'm so excited to talk about this series. I know I say that a lot, but maybe more so than ever on this one, and we'll get into that. But first, I want to remind people that we are sponsored by ProgressiveChristianity.org, uh, where you can get over 6,600 pieces of resources wow. for your progressive Christian needs. We really highly encourage you to go check them out there. But also, don't forget to check us out, not just our podcast, but our social media sites, so uh, please particularly go to Facebook and find us there, follow us there. And then, of course, anywhere that you listen to your podcast, you should be able to find us and resources there. And, of course, we always have to make sure that you know before we get deep into this, this is a spoiler full zone. That mm -hmm. is F-U-L-L mm -hmm. full zone. You will hear things that you don't want to hear if you haven't watched the show. So just be aware of that. But... Before we get started in discussion of the show, man, we've got to talk about our drinks. We like to have a beverage, a themed beverage to go along mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. I am, it's, I'm, I'm a little curious to see what you came up with this one because, you know, this isn't really the kind of show that someone's out there creating a lot of cocktails around. There's a few, but not many. So I'm curious to see what you went with. Yeah, so I don't think this is going to surprise you, Mark, because this is one that someone created, and it's yeah. uh, something that I felt like I needed to watch the boys. Compound V, you know, this right. is the compound we discover that gives them their superpowers, right. and I needed some of that. I need some superpowers <laughs> today. Right. So I've got Compound V, and it Love is it. just a couple ounces of rum, uh, an ounce of blue curacao, an ounce of lime juice, some soda water, and blueberries and mint. And uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. How about well, you? What I are you drinking? You are correct. I assumed that that was the drink that you were going to go with. I knew so, you would. Yep. So I thought, I thought it would be fun for me to do the same thing. I need a little soup, but I am older. I'm an adult. I the, the compound V won't work for me. I need the temp V, man. I need the temp V. Uh -huh. So I, I created, <laughs> and since they take it as a uh, injection, I created a temp V shot. And it took me a little while to get the color oh. right. But I, I think I nailed wow. the color here. That is, you color. did. That's great. This is, a, this is Midori. Yeah, this is Midori. Uh, some lime, uh, one, uh, two parts Midori, one part lime vodka, and just the tiniest splash of absinthe. I've got four of these mm. shots, one for each segment. So at the beginning of each segment, I'm going to toss one back. So uh, here's to you, and cheers to a great cheers. show, sir. Ocean Jesus. Ocean Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Today we are talking about The Boys. The Boys is an American superhero television <laughs> series that is on Amazon Prime, and it's based on the comic book of the same name. And it basically asks the question, if people had superpowers but were really pretty horrible, how would they act? <laughs> 
and what would happen and moreover how would you ever stop them so it kind of flips the typical superhero narrative on its head and it is a lot of fun to watch but it is pretty violent uh and it is pretty grim uh and there are kind of a lot of anti-heroes in this as well and it it made me think mark yeah. since most of the superheroes aren't very heroic at all uh, outside of say uh starlight uh who's uh -huh. which one of them is the best uh who's who's the best superhero are any of them are any of them really good what what's your take on that well out of out of the ones who were superheroes from well birth after they were given compound v yeah were are any of them good um you know i, I or kind of who's your favorite well, I, I I I do kind of feel like uh, uh, Queen Mave was is is leans towards good and has some good, uh, and we even see in the final season some some good come out of Mav's um, uh, yeah. approach and, and what Mav does. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I have a fa favorite. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I, I need to soup like up any? a little bit. I'm, I'm going to soup up a little bit and think about this. Soup taking, up. This, the, soup up. taking the shot for this 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 round. Um, but it's, I'm really just stealing some time to think about this. You're buying some time. Okay, well, that's good. Because one of my questions that I had for you is, if yeah. Temp V was available to you, would you take it? And now I know the answer because I just <laughs> have seen you take two shots of it of in a row. <laughs> yeah, you're Temp V. Yeah, no, no uh, I, we know that Temp V is going to absolutely uh, eat our brains alive and make us uh, bleed black stuff out of our ears and nose and i'm not in, i'm not into that i'm just not into that that's me you're not into no, it the power is not, not worth so it listen i i think all of the superheroes are interesting yeah. and engaging i love how they've done this if anything you know you say that it's like what a superheroes would be like if if bad people get superpowers i actually think it's just a more accurate take on what happens when mm -hmm. people get power like absolute power yeah. corrupts absolutely kind of stuff i mean yeah we see person after person, even the ones who like, like Starlight, who goes into it trying to be the best person. And you yeah. see them starting to have to play the games just to survive and being people that they don't want to be. And so for me, I really feel like that's a, a big part of what's going on here. I think this is really, if anything, I think it might be the most accurate take on superheroes ever. Like outside of like, it's in terms of human superheroes, not, not yeah. aliens mm. that come down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I, I kind of love it. I love that investigation. And then I love that they almost take, so we see what these yeah. typical humans are like amped up mm -hmm. on compound VS superheroes. Right, right. I also think that we have almost this parallel universe thing going on and they're showing our universe. If it were amped up on compound V, like, everything's heightened and overdone but it's an amplification of things we see today i kind of i feel like it's this beautiful way of approaching it and and there's this really smart sensibility in the writing where there's no black and white like there's no winners there's no losers there's no good there's no bad it's all just massive shades of gray and they're mucking yeah. about trying to find their way through and it's all about power and it's all about merchandising and it's all about mm -hmm. you know capitalism i i think it's just, just one of the more brilliantly put together shows in a very long time i mean 
What was your overall take? Who are your superheroes? Well, yeah, it's uh, I think Queen Maeve, as you said, is, uh, is the only one who really gets to experience much redemption here and, uh, <laughs> and show herself as a, a really good person. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I so I, I liked I liked her. And uh, yeah, but there were uh, I, I guess a train gets to see a, a little bit of change. Yes, not redemption really. gives, we can get to that too, a little later too. Uh, yeah. 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 But he does, he does. Uh, I don't like, I, I'm with you. I don't really <laughs> like any of them, but here's the thing that, uh, that I, that mirroring what you said, I like the, the thought of the corporation uh, creating superheroes for the, the mere fact that they could make money. And I think that you're right that that, that kind of arc, is uh, the most real kind of superhero arc that we've ever seen to see. Well, if anything, if anything, Vault is the, that that's the Vault International is the company. If anything, they're the real villain in the whole show. Uh, hmm. They yeah. really are. And you know, one of the other interesting things about this show is, and, and it is, it's this really clear commentary on what they're trying to say is that yeah. we never see any superheroes rescue anybody. And even yeah. if they're about to, mm. it's only when there's a film crew around. Right. Right. And that's such a different take from any superhero that film that we've ever seen. And it really kind of points to some of the things that they are trying to underscore and emphasize about human nature and about uh, the reality of, of how uh, pie in the sky almost that a lot of superhero stories really are. Even, even the dark DC versions uh -huh. of, of the, the DC universe in the movies. <clears throat> They still have superheroes who really like rescue people and are trying to live into a higher good or, or that kind of thing, but not in this show, man. They, they, nobody. I mean, no one gets rescued. We open up with a soup running through a guy's girlfriend. That I'll tell you, that's not, a that's not a rescue. And I was in from that moment, from the moment right. that like, because because I didn't know anything about the boys other than you had said, mm -hmm. hey, Caleb, you should check the show out. And so I, I came on my Amazon Prime and I said, oh, this, you know, I'll see. It's, I think it's a superhero show. And the first scene, you know, is kind of a traditional like said superhero saving. And then the second mm -hmm. scene, you know, you you're you get to know. Yeah, one of the main characters, Huey, and his girlfriend. And then, yes, A-Train runs through her. And uh, I, from the moment <laughs> and he barely I saw pauses. That, like, wow. Yeah, like, oh, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> and it sorry. Keeps, sorry. keeps going yeah. up. Right? And oh. I'm like, yeah, this, oh, uh, this, uh, this is oh, interesting. Gosh. And so it grabs you from the very first scene. And I, I think all seasons are kind of like that. You know, there's always something a little bit shocking and uh, a little bit disturbing about the superheroes. And I think we we are trained to kind of say, you know, uh, that line from Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Comes great responsibility. And then, sort of and biblical, then, I believe. I, I, I think it is, right? I'm but, pretty sure you but, can. Yeah. <laughs> you can find that in there. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's in there. well, what if, uh, what if the people didn't act responsibly and you're right and right. what if what if that great power uh corrupts you absolutely mm -hmm. and uh yeah. and there and you can't act well, responsibly. And, and i kind of love the way that they approach that though because it's not it's not jaded so much as it is very realistic about the human condition yeah. um because what we have are these stories of superhumans with very human needs i mean Example, Homelander, who is like the, the Superman of this story, 
but is the worst person, <laughs> horrible person. Yeah. Uh, but part of, of what's going on, though, is that he has these very human uh, insecurities, which cause mm -hmm. him to have this very deep need to be loved, particularly by mm -hmm. you know his fans and admirers. And 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 I love that that basically, at least in my opinion, tell me if I'm if I'm reading too much in this. This story seems to be telling me that human needs and emotions are actually stronger than superpowers. Because mm -hmm. his superpowers mean nothing to him in comparison to his his insecurities and his his desire to be loved. And not just with him, but with a lot of our superhero characters in here, those issues, those human issues they have are deeply rooted in past trauma. And yeah. I think this is sort of, while it's easy to kind of go, oh, this is a jaded look at superheroes. In a lot of ways, I mean, we talk, we've got folks who are dealing with PTSD. We got people who are uh, 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 dealing with uh, borderline personality disorder. We got people who are dealing with, with uh, deep depression. Like there, there's, a, and to, to recognize that there is something freeing and, and very um, honest about saying those issues are so big and they are so difficult. Mm -hmm. But even having superhero powers does not fix them. That, that mm. It takes mm. more than that to fix something like that. I think that's kind of a brilliant like turn on the superhero story and the way of telling the story that we haven't seen. I mean, am I reading too much that's, into that? That's very insightful. And uh, I, I think that's certainly true that, you know, we've, we, especially as we learn more about these superheroes and discover that most of the, most of these folks had parents who decided to put them mm. through these trials and mm -hmm. give them these superpowers in large part kind of to exploit their kid. Maybe some right. of them were hoping for a better life or something, but it seems like a lot of them were doing that to exploit their kids. Um, and so you, you see those past traumas. And I, I, I think that's a good point. And Homelander as much as says, you know, in this third season that, he really, all he wants is a family, uh, you mm -hmm. know, saying, yeah. hey, yeah. I, all I have wanted is, is a family, right? And he, he's in there with, with Ashley and A-Train and uh, the Deep. And he, he says, uh, I, all I wanted was a family and I got you. You horrible people. <laughs> this, and you're is, not my yeah. family. <laughs> and you're right, not my right. family. That's all he wants is some some community. But he's devolved so much to such a point that he, he can't really ever have that. I mean, yeah. he's sociopathic. Yeah. But uh, mm. but yeah, I think that speaks to the power of, of community too, right? Because we see these communities building in, in different places. And, they, uh, and even the superheroes, the ones who are able to find... Uh, some kind of uh, redemption in the midst of all of this mm -hmm. are, are the ones who have some kind of a community. And uh, I, I think, of course, we see, you know, the, the boys uh, coming together as, as a community and uh, and uh, and finding finding some commonality. So, yeah, I, I like that, Mark. I I hadn't I hadn't thought about how the um, how how the past trauma and uh, it plays into all of this and how mental illness uh, is is really mm -hmm. uh, spoken about in, in a powerful way as well. Yeah, and I think it's very powerful that that the show in, in a very subtle way is is, is saying, listen, the, those very real uh, pieces of impact to the human condition are so strong and so difficult that, like I said earlier, having superhero powers doesn't actually fix any of that. That that 
um, that there's some real work that has to be done in order to address that and to figure out how do I live out of this and how do I uh, have a life that can be satisfying and have more value from what I'm seeking outside of these um, mental issues that I'm having to struggle yeah. through and figure out, and most of them being based in past trauma. I, 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 I love the fact that, in, in my opinion, the show really is dealing with that in a very like specific way, but it's not bashing us over the head with it. It's not like preaching yeah. at us. It's showing us. I think that's kind of a, I don't know that we've seen that even in, in non-superhero shows yeah. where it's showing us that, that uh, our, our, our mental uh, issues and, and, and our need to overcome the traumas that have caused us to have uh, struggles is so powerful that we, that we have to figure out um, new and different ways and that it's okay that like you don't have to be embarrassed by it because there is so much powerful things going on out there uh, that are that this is actually stronger than and we I think in the in in, in the world we kind of dis, are dismissive of, of mental disorders pull yourself up by the bootstraps and that kind of stuff rather than recognizing even superhero powers even whatever powers even whatever mm. perfect life does not overcome these they they are they are real issues that we have to take seriously and figure out how to, to grapple with and deal with. That's a good point. And I, I also appreciate that, you know, we see these superheroes that are, um, that are driven, uh, as you mentioned earlier, kind of by this need for attention and their fans to kind of supplement mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and, um, and how empty that really is. And I think right. a lot of times there are a lot of us who, who maybe kind of chase that kind of affirmation or, mm. um, you know, uh, or even folks as simple as uh, wanting to be people pleasers to get the affirmation right. and, and yeah. how little, how little, that actually does to fulfill kind of some of our basic needs for, for, for love and companionship and desire. So yeah. I, I think we're starting to move into theology and politics. Mark. <laughs> and uh, this, this show is heavy with them. So oh. how about this? Why don't we take a break? Why don't mm -hmm. we come back and we'll yep. talk about theology and politics of all this. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us on the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're glad that you are here with us. You have joined us this point for our Theo Politico segment. Uh, and listen, uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take my, my next tip. Take your uh, shot. Yeah. Take shot. Ooh, because frankly, man, I, I, I hope my superpower is reason before we get through this. <laughs> and, man, and, maybe, and maybe management. Because... There are so many things that go on in the show that are theological and political and moral. Yeah. And there's just so much we could talk about. I don't know that we're going to get through even the ones that I'm hoping we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I'm going to start with some kind of big picture stuff. I'm going to mm -hmm. absolutely start with destroying and ruining the end of season three for anyone who hasn't watched it. So here it uh, goes. Here's where we're going to start. So I I'm going I'm going to posit that this show yeah. has no real heroes it only has created mm. heroes hmm. and they are created for the purpose of 
well, serving the kind of great capitalistic machine. Mm-hmm. And that machine also runs the government. Yes. And we have a scene at the end of the mm-hmm. last episode of season three, which all I could think after I watched it was Trump saying, yes. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think about the last scene where Homelander is there with his uh, new, he's newly learned that he has a, 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 a half son, uh, a son that, that he's the parent of, that he's, his, the son's mother was inseminated with, it's a long story. But yeah. some uh, protester throws, like, I think it was a, a, a soda, empty soda can at can. him. Yeah. And Homelander just like laser eyes the dude down kills him on the spot and his supporters there's a brief pause where they're all like holy shit and then i'm not even gonna go into this the story of the person who says it because it's kind of complicated but then one of the people there who has an important role in the show uh goes yeah and the whole crowd loses its mind and you see this maniacal smile come across homelander's face and even Mm -hmm. his son who has been kind of standoffish kind of like trying to figure out who i am in this relationship with my quote dad gets a little smirk on his face too Mm -hmm. so uh, my question is to you what kind of commentary do you think they are making because it's impossible not to hear the echoes yeah. of Trump's statement right. and what happened right. there. What kind of, of statement do you think they're, one, making politically, but two, also about the human condition? We've talked a lot about how this show is yeah. actually, in a lot of ways, talking about the human condition. So what what do you think politically and in terms of human condition, what statement is being made? Yeah, so I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the parallels with Trumpism, and uh, and they drew that parallel pretty pretty quickly for us and pretty clearly Mm -hmm. in the show Mm -hmm. they you know as we've see you know the protesters they're even in red they i think they've even got on red hats you know to 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 draw this parallel the subtle the subtle about a lot of things in the show but not that not not that this these are (laughs) these are the trumpers right who um who don't believe who who are clearly not looking at evidence even when uh even when uh starlight catches homelander uh, the saying that he's he's you know locked up uh, Queen Maeve and all of this they don't be- they don't believe it they're not not listening to any facts so I think right, certainly right. it's a it's a commentary on how um, uh, the dumbing down of the United States and the inability to to listen to to facts and and I right. think you're right that we we also see this this parallel where we've got someone who is the most powerful person in the world homelander mm-hmm. in the show right, right? and right. donald trump when he was president of the united states we've got the most powerful by, people by in virtue the, of in position. the world yep. by virtue of position right uh who who literally can do whatever they want and they've mm-hmm. built such a fanatical fan base that it does not matter what they do there is yeah. no uh there is no one uh, to be ho- to hold them to to mm-hmm, any kind mm-hmm. of uh, any kind of statute, and so I, I think we're seeing that uh, parallel. Obviously, I, I do hope that whenever we, uh, it should Trump 
decide to run for office again? God forbid. If he's allowed to. We're getting close to maybe uh, not. We'll see. We'll see. Well, let's hope. Because I, I, I do hope that maybe the, the people who voted for him, just so that he would overturn Roe, which let's be mm. honest, uh, there were, are a lot of, you know, uh, evangelical folks who, uh, who voted for Trump just so that he would overturn Roe. Uh, yeah. which was a horrible thing to do. They didn't care about anything else other than that one decision. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I would hope that there are some folks who would maybe have seen the light about mm. Trump, but, but who knows? Uh, so I think that that's one, that's one commentary here about the human condition. Yeah, I yeah. think it's about how easy, Mark, it is to get swept up into things. You know, that mm. I think, you know, even in, uh, it, I think under normal circumstances, uh, mm -hmm. You see someone get shot in the middle of the street. You get laser eyed in the middle of a crowd, whatever, mm -hmm. um, that most normal people would say, no, this is a terrible thing. But whenever right. you get caught up in crowd mentality, it can be easy uh, to, mm -hmm. to get so swept up that you can't think for yourself. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? What, I, well, I'm curious to hear what you think the root of why that is true, because I think you're completely yeah. Correct. That is true. We get caught up in this crowd mentality. Um, but what do you think the root? What What's the root of why we are so susceptible to that? Even at the point of, of the person we're putting up as a figurehead, like destroying a person's life, doing something that uh, religiously, uh, morally, and, and even like just pure straight up legally is illegal. Uh, right. So I think, we, I mean... I mean, psychologists this, uh, do all kinds of studies about this, right? About yeah, about right. crowd mentality and how we get to, and how we get swept up and how we lose this ability to to think for ourselves. And it has to do with this sense of belonging and going along. Like they say, evolutionarily, mm -hmm. right? This is something that taught us to survive. That if we're able to kind of go with the crowd, we're more likely right. to survive. And so there's something base in us that whenever we're in a large group of people, that we want to kind of go along with it. Yep. And mm -hmm. Uh, and how uh, and how uh, hard that can be. I heard a psychologist talking about this a couple of weeks ago on NPR, and she was talking about being at uh, a Yankees game with mm -hmm. her then boyfriend, and she she didn't even like baseball, and but her boyfriend was a diehard Red Sox fan, and so he had on a Red Sox uh, hat at Yankee Stadium, right? And they uh, you know they start playing you know oh, yeah. at first and then they then they get into a physical altercation and she finds herself <laughs> involved in it in something right. she doesn't even care about because because of this red Sox hat right and so it, ordinarily right they they might have had a lot in common but but there's this this psychological thing that goes on when we're in crowds and so i think mm -hmm. we saw that kind of on a massive scale with the last right. election uh, that that we see this kind of this kind of going into camps and this kind of psychological mm -hmm. need and when we do stuff like that it's easy to dehumanize others and so we stop seeing people as people of worth and dignity and we start seeing people as just an object just something right out there yeah. I don't know what do you think what do you think so well, well I, th I think it's sort of the brilliant part of this show because what you just yeah. described to me as far as I'm concerned is the human condition of being insecure and needing to fit in and needing mm. to be loved. What you described mm. is that. And that is the primary fault of our main character. 
That is Homelander's issue, his insecurities, his need to fit in, the need to be loved, and the craziness that he will go to in order to find those things. And I think you're exactly on the point. I think that is part of the human condition and the reality. And so it, it's interesting because he's set up so well to be this hated character. Yeah. But the fact is, if we yeah. understand who he is, he should be a sympathetic, char sympathetic character because he's more of who we all are than we ever want to admit. I think mm. it's a mm. sort of brilliant what they do here. All right. We're running out of yep. time in this segment, and there's so many other things we want to be <laughs> yeah. dive, We've dive covered into. one. We've covered <laughs> one. This is one of those shows where if, like, if we're struggling some week, we need to come back and just pick a topic from the show. This is it's a brilliant <laughs> show, and it dives there's so deep on so many different issues. I got two more. I'm the hoping that we get squeezed okay. in here. So the next one that I'd like us to talk about is the story arch of A-Train, which you brought up earlier, yeah. uh, particularly as it intersects with Blue Hawk. Um and the way that so blue hawk is this like sub uh, superhero who is like hyper racist and goes into black neighborhoods and and quote unquote fights crime but really is just being disruptive mm -hmm. and, and using a, every opportunity to be a racist and a train starts calling him out and vault vault the the vault industries uh start minimizing it like, oh, we're not going to worry about it too much, partially because yeah. of the things we just talked about, that uh, <clears throat> Homelander's main group are these kind of uh, MAGA folks, you know, uh, yeah. their version of the MAGA folks. And uh, Vault does not want to risk pissing them off, essentially. Yeah. And they try to minimize it. And then he goes to the center uh, and, and, and all hell breaks loose when, when he goes and tries to confront blue Hawk. I'm just curious as to how you felt like they handled the, the truth here, because we've got corporations who are minimizing it for profit. We've got um, a, a, a person who in a train, you know, originally he was actually using culture black culture like changing his right. uh uniform and, uh -huh. and planning these uh video games that were really not going to promote anything that was helpful in any way whatsoever and then all of a sudden he starts making this turn I, I'm, I'm curious to see how you think they approached the issue of racism and 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 where a trans story arch goes and, and whether you feel like it was healthy or it ends up in a positive place yeah, so uh, I guess two two points here. The first, I'll throw in the LGBT issues with the, the with racism because I think we right. saw it like the corporate the corporate approach to both of those, right. which is that virtue, they're going to exploit it. Virtue profit, signaling, right? Yeah, virtue signaling yes. was massive yes. in this. Massive. Uh, I, I like with uh with uh, uh um with Maeve. With Maeve, yeah, Bray. Uh, what was it? Uh. Brave made pride bar because you can't be proud on an empty stomach. <laughs> That's right. right? God, like really? She, and like she, she's bi, right? But they're like, oh, right. no, she's a, she's a lesbian. Right. Uh, you know, right. out and proud. And no. so it reminds right. me of all these companies that, that yeah. don't give a shit one way or another right. what someone's right. orientation is or about affirming people. They want to exploit pride, for instance, for, mm -hmm. for money. And the same uh, with corporations who, like, uh, are supporting black businesses as they're, as they're driving uh, black businesses out of business, right? So I think that we saw, we saw this happening, right? It's just an exploitation of people for profit. And, right. and if it was profitable, yeah, they'll lift it up. In terms yeah. of 
A Train story arc. Um, did uh, did he end up anywhere positive? Yeah. I don't really think so. You know, like it, it's interesting that when he was the place when he was headed in a more positive direction was maybe when he was losing his powers. Uh, mm, and uh, as soon as point. so he right so he he's he's starting to become more mm-hmm. human. He even relates to to Huey, whose girlfriend at the beginning of the series. Right. We mentioned he runs right through, right, and doesn't care. He's uh, he's been uh, kind of addicted to this uh, this compound B as a mm-hmm. uh, as kind of a performance enhancer, and so there's some drug issues related there. Uh, so uh, he he kind of becomes more human, but then the yeah. second that he he goes through and he, he he is vengeful and he he gets the heart of the person that he kills uh right yeah. so it's vengeance not justice he he kills yeah. the person he gets her heart then he's getting back all the endorsements uh it, mm-hmm. it kind of leaves it you know unresolved i i guess to see next season <laughs> but he uh but it seems like he's going back and he's he's ready to get the money and the endorsements and uh his relationship with his brothers falling apart uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's headed in a healthy direction. What do you think? No, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, it goes back to absolute yeah. power corrupts absolutely. And uh, then when, when power is so deeply connected with uh, the government and with uh, corporations and capitalism. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, th- I think he, 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 be, there's been two different arches where he was starting to become maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, uh, aware and, and a person who, um, finds real meaning in their life. And then both times he's been pulled back into this seeking power. And the moment that he realizes that he's becoming noticed again and people are paying attention, he really like buys back into the thing that didn't work for him either yeah. time. And I think that's, once again, this is such brilliant storytelling that they do yeah. because that's so true and so real in our world today. Um, look, there's so much more we could talk about, but the fact is, uh, we don't have that kind of time, time on a podcast, yeah. but you know, like I said, maybe we'll end up coming back to it, uh, on, on a future episode. Cause there is just so much richness in this. I can't imagine that this uh, show doesn't go for several more seasons. There's so much story to tell and so many story yeah. arches. And so each character that yeah. can be, uh, uh, looked at and, and analyzed and, I, uh, I've got my, my fingers crossed. I think that season four is all but set now. Um, but I hope, I hope we have so. many more. It's, it, it is. Yeah. I literally, for me, it's a, it's a close bet. It's funny that we did this so close to the, to yep. uh, the Sandman because these yeah. two are probably my example of my favorite pieces favorite? of, mm. of epi- uh, episodic television this year. It's just amazing yeah. stuff. Amazing stuff. Well, listen, uh, we, we've uh, gone on and on. We could go on and on about other stuff, but what we should really do is get to our favorite part of the show and take mm. a quick drop and come back and try to make our co-host look stupid. Woo!
Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for sticking with us to our last part of the show, the Make Me Look Stupid segment. Uh, we are glad that you've hung out this long, and we're going to try to make each other look stupid. And I'm going to start off today uh, because we haven't gotten to talk a ton about mm-hmm. the uh, the overtly religious themes, especially regarding organized religion. And so mm-hmm. there are some really interesting themes here from everything from Homelander comparing himself to Martin Luther King Jr. to this <laughs> kind of Church of Scientology where, uh, and I've got to admit, I'm a little disappointed that neither one of us had a fresca uh, to, to drink. <laughs> that would have been kind of a, like a spiked fresco of some sort. Yeah, uh, like a spiked fresca, or, yeah. Or, or one that offer you, hey, would you like a fresca? Yeah, would you? That's oh, gee, like, that would have been great. Sure, yeah. ne- <laughs> Next time, we'll offer anyone listening. Would you like? Would you like a fresca? Come, come join the. Come join the church. Okay, so we also see um, this this circuit that Starlight is on this this mm-hmm. kind of church service circuit, right. uh, and uh, we see uh, Ezekiel is kind of the the leader of that circuit, and mm-hmm. this is where Starlight gets her her start. And uh, yep. she's uh, she's even kind of uh, critical when she goes back out. But uh, I want to know, Mark, uh, mm. in in terms of these kinds of, of circuits and all, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think was the commentary from the boys here? What do you what do you think was going on in this this segment, uh, showing Starlight going on this kind of evangelical Christian uh, mixed mm-hmm. with kind of superhero superpower circuit right. uh what what commentary is that making well I, uh, for for me i think all of the religious commentary here is a, a a very intentional offset of the of part of the main focus of uh the entire series and the entire series is about that life is complex and that there are shades of gray and everything, and it can be difficult. And we have to learn how to address the things that really need to be addressed, because uh, even superhero powers can't overcome those if we can't, you know, they are that strong and that important and that real. And what we see in all of these circuits that we have seen throughout the three seasons are these very simplistic, over idealistic ways of approaching life that do not hold up and do not match up to the reality of life. And so we see folks like Starlight going into the seven and not really ever being like trying to hold on to these idealistic, simplistic ways of, of, of approaching life and, and it falling apart and completely on her and causing her all this internal struggle that if, if she had been involved with organizations in, and, and, uh, groups of folks that were a little more realistic and, and taught more life skills that she'd have been much in a much better place of handling it. So for me, that's what the, the, the purpose they serve is this kind of offset to the, to one of the main arguments of the show that life is messy and hard and we should get like, be a little more like okay with recognizing people have to deal with it and, and uh, addressing the real issues. I, I don't know. That That's kind of my take. What do you think? So oh, also, I love, okay. oh yes, you get it. Yeah. Cheers. There you go. All Ooh. right. Go ahead, sir. Your, I, I, had to, I had to take my last. Reasoning. I had to reasoning take my last and management are good. Yes. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> I love the, I love the way you set that up because I think that's a hundred percent right. And we, we see mm. that all the time, right. In churches, especially churches like ours, where folks are coming oh, yeah. from overly simplistic religion, where it's like, um, 
uh, you've got your statement of faith and either mm -hmm. you believe that or else you're going to hell. And right. that's it. That's what you've got. And so if people begin to have problems with even like one piece of that, then it's like their whole foundation crumbles, right? And everything falls apart. Whereas I think if you take uh, an approach that isn't quite so rigid, to faith, if you if you have a faith that uh, has a little bit more flexibility, then mm -hmm. it's okay to ask questions and to doubt and to say, actually, I don't believe this at all, and right. and to, for your faith not to completely crumble. And so I I really like that, uh, and and I I think that's certainly true and certainly applicable as we're we're thinking about our lives and and uh, and our faith is that the way that we approach faith is important and. Being able to say, you know what, maybe I've always believed that and maybe it's wrong and I can I can push that aside and my faith doesn't have to crumble because of that. So, yeah. Like that. OK, what have you got for me, Mark? What's your question for, me? question for you? I've already said that I kind of believe that Vault International is the actual bad guy in this story. Mm -hmm. In our world, in the U.S., who would Vault be? Oh, probably any corporation Elon Musk is behind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Meta, maybe, maybe Facebook, where we're where we're broadcasting right now. You know, maybe we're a part of the system. And Mar and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, like so. I think I think any I think most corporations uh, are are inherently evil. You know, it's one of these things where you you try to. Uh, like whenever you're trying to put your money where your mouth is, you know, and to try and support businesses that uh, are only ethical. I, I think anytime we're talking about shopping anywhere that's a part of a corporation, it's hard to be a purist because there's no way that your money's not like automatically funneled to right. the Republican Party, you know? And so <laughs> I think that whenever we're talking about, uh, we're talking about corporations, we're talking about uh, organizations that are inherently making decisions for what's going to make them the most money. And so yeah. I think there are lots of bot internationals in, yeah. in the world today. And, uh, and our, our goal has to be to, to try and, uh, and break down some of these organizations so that we're not, uh, so that we're, we're not beholden to them. Because I, I think this whole idea of, of them, one, creating superheroes for profit, and then mm -hmm. creating world catastrophes for these superheroes to fight so that they can right. get more profit, right? And to go into uh, uh, the war business, I think is 100% real. I, I no. you know, not that we could do if we are creating superheroes, but I think the fact that corporations will do absolutely anything for more money, uh, we have seen time and time again. And it's extremely naive if we ever allow ourselves to think that they're going to make decisions that are in our best interest because they're not. No. Uh, yeah. How about you? What do you think? No, I think you're completely right. I don't think there's one person, one organization, but I do think, you know, big banks, big oil and electricity, uh, the war machine, uh, big farm. I think they are very directly uh, involved in controlling the government, which is a lot of what Vault is doing. And, mm -hmm. and, and then I think you get the other side of it where media, I mean, we really only have four media companies that control everything, uh, particularly Comcast and, and, uh, uh, New Corp, I think, are, are mm -hmm. both very, very much 
involved in shaping the way we understand and look at the world and are willing to respond to the world. Um, and I'm completely on board with you. I think we, we have to educate ourselves and be more aware of those groups. Um, and I think that we, it's even a little more complicated than that. We're set up in such a capitalistic society and all of the folks we just named, uh, uh, capitalize on capitalism. And I Mm -hmm. think we're going to have to figure out how to reset that up and redesign it as well as our government. Our government allows, uh, particularly with Citizens United and all of that, allows far too much influence from folks who have money. Um, And that does not serve the vast majority of us. So yeah, I, I think that's another piece of the commentary that this show is doing. It's just saying, look, um, because we get so focused on all of these big names and all these, you know, we let media draw our attention away from what really matters. Um, we're we're actually allowing society to crumble, um, and I mm. think we've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark. Uh, w- We've tried to talk about a lot because there's a, a lot in this series. <laughs> so I mean, we talked about yeah. corporations. We've talked about racism. We've talked about use of power. We've talked about family dynamics. We talked about mental illness. M- mental illness <laughs> and there is all this and more in the board. Right. And so if you haven't watched it and you've got a strong stomach, I think we both <laughs> recommend A very it. strong we stomach. Both- <laughs> yeah, we both got super into this, and oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm looking forward to to more seasons and maybe even uh, another episode where we can uh, we can delve more deeply into this. But you know what? For today, we got to call it. Uh, and here's the thing: next week is Labor Day, and ah. we're we're going to we're going to take the week off. We're going to give yeah. ourselves a Labor Day holiday and we're going <laughs> to we're going to drink, but we're not going to do it on the no. uh, on the, on the air. <laughs> right. uh, we're going to come back in 2 weeks and you want to tell them what we're going to talk about. In yeah, it's going to be great. Uh I don't know yeah. if any of you watched it yet, but She-Hulk has uh come to Disney Plus and it is a lot of fun. Uh the main character is Jennifer Walters and she's it's a story of her navigating the kind of a complicated life of a single 30-something attorney who happens to be a six foot seven inch superpowered Hulk. And it's a, it's a comedy, it's a comedy, but it also is already making some great uh, societal commentary stuff. So it, I think people will really genuinely enjoy it. Episodes are only about 30 minutes and we're only going to have, by the time we hit the show, maybe four episodes. So it, it, please watch it. I think you're going to very much enjoy it. Okay. Well, that sounds great. And uh, thank you all for listening and talking about the boys with us. We'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, but until then, cheers. And thanks for joining us on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus, nobody's